Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We welcome officials from the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College. From uh, from the left side of your radio dial to the right, we have Rick Smith Sr. He's the Interim Vice President of Advancement and Engagement. Welcome, Rick. Thank you. Good to be here. And we have Linda Fleming. She is, okay, you're going to have to update me now, Linda. You're the Chief of Staff <laughs> yes. and the Vice President of Academic Affairs. Interim Vice President. I, inter- okay, yeah. interim. Okay, yeah. so that's the interim part. But yeah. we're dropping the interim on the Chief of Staff. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. And and uh, uh, Aldo Jackson, he's the executive director of the Erie Operations and Workforce Development. Welcome, Aldo. Thank you, Joel. Nice to be here. All right. You're okay if I, I don't do the titles and all that stuff? Oh, Is, that's okay, fine. okay, great. You have to use the titles every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so, all right. We like to get origin stories. It's a family show. So, Rick, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, um, did you grow up here in Erie or in the in the neighborhood? No, I did not. Actually, uh, military brat, as I, as I like to say, kind of. Born in Okinawa, Japan, but raised all over the country. Wow. Uh, but come to Erie from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, uh, so that's I've home base. Here, only been here for a few weeks, working with this great college, and and I've got the really good jobs. So I get to tell people about this wonderful new college and opportunity they have. That's amazing. <laughs> now I have a son who's active duty. So, like, what would you call? What base was kind of your really home base? Well, for me, probably one of my favorite bases. My father's retired Air Force yeah. was Loring Air Force Base, Maine. Up in Maine. It, up in Maine. Maine was wonderful, especially as a kid. You got to play in the snow all the time. <laughs> and, and quite honestly, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that cold. You, you yeah. did get a lot of snow, but it wasn't the frigid cold that you get in some places. So living in Kentucky, where it gets very cold mm-hmm. and we have four distinct seasons, uh, it sometimes it feels colder in Kentucky than it did in Maine, which is oh, hard gosh. to believe. But we have, you know, all the snow in Maine. But as growing up, I, I absolutely loved it. So we were in Maine and Alabama, Illinois, Ohio. Uh, all over the place. Did you get a, a, an appreciation for lobster? Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, we just had, just had the conversation with my wife. I'm, I'm craving uh, uh, crab legs right now, so crab legs and lobster is always a good thing. Thank you so much, Rick. Okay, Linda, uh, Erie? Uh, for the last 19 years, okay. I've been living in Erie, uh, working at Gannon University and recently moving over to the regional college. Yeah. Uh, born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, but grew up in Arizona. Wow, okay, that's cool. And then came to Erie via the East Coast, the West Coast, and in between. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, welcome, and uh, and again, uh, yeah, your 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 uh, legacy again, it is well renowned. Uh, we you. appreciate uh, all of your service at my alma mater. And and then Aldo, how about you? Uh, how did you get to Erie, or did you grow up here? Well, a um, job actually attracted me to Erie, the Erie County Technical School, back in 1997. So I worked there for uh, 30 years. Wow. Uh, great opportunity to get to know the community, the school districts, the business community. Um, retired and failed. And uh, the regional, Failed at retirement, failed you at mean. retirement. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, ended up working for the regional college for the past two years. It's been a wonderful opportunity. You know, they have crossword puzzles and Sudoku, but <laughs> not so much for you, right? Works, so <laughs> nothing works. Nothing works. Nothing retirement, so. All right. We, we want to uh, kind of get people up to date on 
um, where the NPRC is you know, now and, and moving into the future, but we need to go back into the past. Uh, someone take this uh, question, and, or all of you weigh in. Can you take us through the timeline of the NPRC's connection to Erie County? Because originally, the, uh, the origin of the, of the college was not including Erie, and Erie asked to be a part of it. So That's correct. So in 2014, when the regional college was created uh, by the state, there was an opportunity for about two months where other counties could apply to become part of the, the regional college footprint. And Erie County made that request. It came through uh, government officials, uh, people in higher education and K through 12 education, business owners lobbied Harrisburg to become part of the footprint. And that's how Erie County became part of the footprint for the regional college. And, and up until now, uh, how many different locations in Erie County uh, were available for, for a student to, to access these, this program? Before uh, up and up, up up even today. You oh, know? today yeah. we have four locations right okay. now in Erie County. Uh, they're in the east side, the west side, downtown, and in the south. Okay, okay. Um, so the at some point when it, uh, the the county put their own standalone uh, community college application in, and uh, the way that Gary Lee tells the story, uh, they started having negotiations with the NPRC in late uh, 2018, and those kind of continued to progress through the winter and spring. What happened? Um, it seems to me that th- there was originally conversation with the county executive branch um, and the regional college and they came up with an agreement that we thought we could move forward the county council had a different idea on what the community college should be Um, we are not a traditional community college we are really a 21st century community college Uh, and people don't understand what that means and i think sometimes it's it's a little scary to think about what it might be because we it is new it's a new model and so people aren't as familiar with that and i think the county council was really looking for something very traditional which is not what we offer Um, and so there was just this disconnect in in between what the legislation was requiring us to do and what the county council ultimately wanted. But you went pretty far in in, in generating that MOA, that me- memorandum of agreement, where there was the consideration of a standalone, not a standalone, but a, a, a physical building, which is not a part of your right. your MO anywhere else in, in, the, in the footprint, right? Well, and we are housed in physical locations, right. um, but we don't own them. And okay. I think that was a big piece of it is that we don't have the funding nor the the model it's not our philosophy to own real estate right okay um and and as if you look at colleges four-year colleges two-year colleges a huge expense out of an annual budget is facilities Mm -hmm. it's paying for utilities for renovation for maintenance and ultimately demolition of a building Um, and that's a huge piece of a budget with our model we are leasing existing facilities and so that's much less expensive than buying them and it also brings revenue into a community so we're using space that's underutilized right now and then we're leasing that space from owners in the communities but when but when push came to shove as conversations kept going even with the executive branch with gary lee and and uh and mrs dahl and so on uh there was this thought that maybe uh 
a building could be within the purview. Uh, Aldo, you again, your background at Votech, there is a building that does uh, workforce training. Um, was this a duplication of services or not necessarily? No, I don't think so, Joel. Um, actually, to really fulfill our mission, we would need some space, someplace to do hands-on training. Okay. Be it welding or nursing or whatever the case may be. Because so you could see that there was a connection that, that, that would work at some point. The, the, the current tech centers in Erie County are all filled daytime with high school students. You can't do any daytime adult because the facilities are full. So you really need something to do the daytime mission part of it. So Okay, so so that was within the realm is what we were saying, yeah. Yeah. what you guys found. Uh, go ahead. Well, just an important piece, though, is there really there are three arms of the school because you've got dual credit for high school students right. to participate in that. Then you've got the, the degree seeking. So a traditional you know, student model, if someone's trying to get a degree, we offer a two-year associate degree. Then you have you know, workforce development, which is what, what Aldo and his his folks do. Uh, again, not necessarily seeking a degree, but a certification or training in a particular area. Uh, so really the needs may vary based on what what is going on, what what the person is trying to offer. So, and, But if, 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 I'm in, um, if I'm in Forest County, mm -hmm. for example, how does that piece happen? If you you find a location to do the nursing and to do the the, the industrial stuff. So the college has kind of an action plan right now to find training sites throughout our service area. Our nine. Okay, so that's so still we're aspirational. We're a little still bit. working yeah. on that. Gotcha. Cowdersport, Bradford, St. Mary's, all those places we're looking to find places to do hands-on training. So. Is it is is Erie County just a lot different? Or is it just really that Erie City and the suburbs are really a lot different than the rest of the NPRC footprint? I would say they're not that different. I mean, the density, population density is a bit more in Erie, but the needs are very much the same. There's a lot of poverty in, in all of the footprint, a lot of low-income first-generation students that are looking for workforce development or associate degree programming at a price that they can afford. I want to read your mission to afford to provide affordable and accessible post-secondary education to the underserved residents of northern Pennsylvania and, uh, you know, highly accessible, low cost post-secondary ed and workforce development training to underserved and under unserved of northern PA. And and the you know, the idea is low cost, high quality, easily accessible, student centered um, and highly responsive and uh and again, this what you're calling this 21st century model. Did did you feel with it, during the negotiations with Erie County, whether uh, obviously with, with uh, the administration there, that there was a, a need or a willingness to de deviate from the mission or identity, or was it encompassing um, that? I mean, I mean, how how much were you bending backwards to accommodate Erie County? Uh, we didn't really need to bend over backwards at all to to incorporate Erie County into the footprint. So the the philosophy is. But when when they were talking, when you were talking with the county about mm -hmm. their MOA, you, I mean, well, you didn't it feel was like at it, the point where, like as Aldo said, we need a, a facility that we can use. We don't want to own it. If the county wanted to purchase something and do something like that or help us locate a facility that was already existing, we were happy to partner with them on that. I think where the challenges came was when there was this expectation that we would actually build a campus. And that's beyond our fiscal capacity. And beyond the scope of, of why and it was built. And beyond our mission. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Okay, so uh, was was it a tale of two MOAs? I mean, did you feel like you were close, and then the the council got involved, and it was like a whole different. Uh, it was like uh, you know Mozart and then Beethoven, or or <laughs> Mozart and Stravinsky. Stravinsky. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was probably it was probably more like Mozart and Stravinsky. Yeah, I mean, to- they, totally they different. They were very different sets of expectations. The second MOU was asking us to do things that we could not do according to the legislation that mm-hmm. we are operating under. Gotcha. And so and so that's when it was very apparent that. Boy, we might need to pull out of this and do something different. Um, it, let me read from Steve Bishop. He wrote in the Erie newspaper. He said, for, uh, for those and other reasons, the NPRC has to be laser focused on, his, on its mission. The proposed shotgun wedding with Erie County was a huge distraction, and NPRC ultimately and rightly removed itself from the discussion. It should be now clear to everyone, hopefully including Scarnati, that the NPRC and Erie County were simply a square peg in a round hole. Different missions, different needs, nobody's fault, just fact. What's your, what's your rate of agreement with that statement? I would agree with the first part um, of that statement on the second part where he's saying it's a round peg in a square hole or whatever. Um, I would disagree with that. Uh, The regional college is designed to work with people who need higher education but maybe aren't ready for a four-year college or not interested in a four-year college. So we've created structures to support students in a way that you would not get in a traditional four-year institution or even in a traditional four-year community college. So for example, in most colleges when you uh, apply to college, you work with an admissions officer and you work with that person and they get you into the college and then once you're in college, you then shift and you work with a completely different set of people. In our model, we have student support services and those employees are assigned with admissions, but that once they bring in a student into the college, they then support them throughout their tenure. So they support them until they graduate. It's almost like a mixture of that uh, advisor role. Exactly. uh, Mr. Falkowitz in my, you know, and, you know, and, and also admissions. Yes. So they do admissions and, and advising and in, in a very broad way, not academic advising that the faculty would do, but the kinds of advising um, support services, making sure that students with disabilities get the services they need. Um, if there's food uh, concerns, making sure that they have access to food banks and that kind of thing. So it's a very broad range of service that they provide. Rick, I would imagine that, and this is one of my big you know, passions mm-hmm. for a, a, a college like yours, is that, just like Linda's saying, that uh, there are just students that are not ready for big-time post-secondary ed. And so they need to matriculate. Right. You know, that there, there might even be some remedial math or English that needs to come into play. Is that what's, what you're thinking well, about? It, exactly. And I think that the beautiful thing about NPRC is we really will meet you where you are for many of the students. You'll have a uh, maybe an adult learner who's been out of school for some time that's not ready to just jump right into a more of a traditional 
traditional model of higher education. So we've got the resources and the model that's put together to help someone re-enter that higher education journey. Uh, same with what they with a student who may not have been the best student in school, uh, but the, you know, going to college is something that they want to do, something they, they they want to pursue that higher education. But for whatever reason, may not have been prepared in high school either through their fault or not. Um, we've got the resources in place now to help that student and again meet them where they are. And meanwhile, Aldo, the the idea is that it's essential for the economy of places like Erie County, Crawford County, or Forest County that there's just more educational achievement. It's it's a bottom line. You can't you can't function in in the 21st century economy without it. And you need to have some skills with that academic capability as well. So. We're talking to Rick Smith, uh, Linda Fleming, and Aldo Jackson from the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College. We're kind of uh, understanding their side of this back and forth that kind of came to a head in August where the NPRC stepped away from negotiations with Erie County. And and now there's a situation where... um, uh, Erie is attempting to get a standalone community college uh, sanctioned by the governor. Um, uh, Steve Bishop is is saying that that the, that Steve Bishop, who's with the uh, he used to be with the Corey Higher Ed Council, said he thinks that uh, a win win would be to have both the standalone community college in Erie County and the NPRC. What are your thoughts regarding that? Do you think it's duplicative, or do you think it, uh, there's room for both? I think it's going to take a long time to get both. I mean, it's been an 11-year process to get the NPRC, the regional college, off the ground. And we're still not fully independent, and we still don't have all the pieces put together. We're building the college as we run. Um, It's going to be a long time before a community college is in place, I think. Yeah, and, and again, to, to quote Gary Lee, said every week, every month that, that that something's not available. There's 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 young people that are not getting the training that that they need. You would say, no, 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 we're right here. Exactly. That's correct. And, and that's again, that's one of the main points that we're trying to make is we're here now, operational. Um, a student can register. They can sign up for for classes. The, your traditional student or non-traditional student. Uh, so we're providing the education that that's um, that that is very needed in the community. Um, how do you? F- and we'll talk about curriculum in a little bit. But I mean, it, you're saying that pretty much the needs of of a of a semi-urban county like Erie are similar to the needs of a forest or elk? Well, I think part of it is accessibility. Um, so while the communities may be different, um, some of the challenges are the same. Uh, more of an urban setting may have the same accessibility challenges that there may exist in more of a rural area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things that's that's beautiful about this model is that we locate uh, facilities that are fairly close to anyone to be able to access the education, access the instruction, uh, which where it's, that's a challenge. Uh, if it, many places, that's just not offered. And that's been part of the challenge in some of the uh, uh, some of the areas that we service right now. We have a nine county service area. It was interesting, and again, I, I don't want to beleaguer the issue, but I have about two minutes left. It was interesting that it, in a public hearing that I was at at the Jefferson Educational Society, that basically every uh, legislator from from Erie County's uh, contingent is saying, uh, you know, make a, con- make a connection, make this MOA work with the NPRC. Um, with that kind of backing, you would have thought that 
that it would have come through. Um, you know, did somebody go rogue? Or are we just not on the same page in Erie County? Your thoughts? I think it's really just a difference between the models. I, I think it comes down to a philosophical difference between who we are and how we provide services and people's idea of what a traditional community college should look like. And, and I also think that there's a lot of confusion about how we offer our classes and what it looks like. I've heard people say that we're online or that we're video or whatever, and that is not exactly, that's not accurate. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, we want to get to, you know, what exactly the whole model is and so that we can bring some clarity to this conversation. Uh, I tell you what, I've, I've not seen such... Uh, such confusion and it's not it's not your all's fault it's it's really on on the case of of our elected officials here in erie county of uh of of where 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 are we going as a community when it comes to this next step for our high school students we are having a conversation with officials from the northern pennsylvania regional college and we have with us here rick smith he is the interim vice president of advancement and engagement uh, welcome rick thank you and linda fleming she's the chief of staff and the interim vice president of academic affairs Thank you. And uh, Aldo Jackson, he's the executive director of the Erie Operations and the Workforce Development. Welcome, Aldo. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate you being all here. We're talking about the NPRC, and you know, y'all are right. There is still quite a bit of confusion for Erieites and Erie County uh, folks to know what you do, what your capabilities are. And so, I, I want to have a conversation about you know what's offered even this semester and what you're planning on in the future. Now the current majors that I that are on your website are early childhood ed early intervention criminal justice business administration and interdisciplinary studies are those all two-year degrees or or yeah. some four-year yeah those are all two-year degrees um, and in the spring we're also going to be offering a degree in social sciences as well okay and then you have a workforce uh, element there where, you, where you're teaching um, precision machining and and you can get a CDL license through uh, the work there right those are a couple of good examples right Okay, so um, so first off, are, are Erie County students taking advantage of what you have to offer so far at the four sites? Yes, we have students in Erie County who have been taking our classes for the last two years, um, since 2014. Um, and they will continue to take our classes, yeah. we hope. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and my understanding is you have quite a few, uh, as far as uh, when you look at the entire census, mm -hmm. Erie County is well represented. Yes, it is. Yes, okay. it is. And, and, and if we look at our entire census, we can be very proud and say that we've actually doubled our degrees, the number of degree-seeking students this year compared to last year. What would they be uh, seeking otherwise? Some kind of certificate or, um, or so just kind of taking classes? Yeah. Students, or sometimes we have guest students that just come to take a class or d students from high school that are dual enrolled. Um, but we've doubled the degree-seeking mm -hmm. students in our academic programs. And well, we've seen an increase in what's offered in the workforce as well. I was going to say that that your price, let's just, I mean, just from, from a parent's standpoint, your price point for dual enrollment is really good. I mean, so I'm thinking as, as, a, as, a, as a parent of kids at Collegiate who, you know, you know it's either 300, which $300 was, I thought was always a good deal. Mm -hmm. But am I right that it's 180 that's correct. For a three-credit class at, at NPRC? It is. And then the dual enrollment, that's what's uh, 60. 
Yeah, uh, 60 a credit, credit. No, 180 for, so, exactly. for three credits. So speaking as a parent, which I'm a parent of three boys, um, not here, but I had a son who took advantage of dual credit. So he entered uh, college basically in his sophomore year. So it was his first year, but he entered as a sophomore with credits. Absolutely, so yeah. it's a wonderful thing. And another thing, a good point, too, is many, we have many students who may be taking classes at another university elsewhere, but may come home for the summer. Well, mm-hmm. they may take a few classes at NPRC, get those things knocked out, so when they go go back to school, wherever their other their home university is, they've already taken those classes and transferring the credits. You could you could really put some jets on on your uh, your college life Absolutely. through some of these some of these things. All right, so where do you think that the curriculum is going? What are some of the the the, the maybe the majors that you're aspiring to? Uh, you said in the spring you're going to add uh, what was was it? Social science. Social degree. science, okay. Yeah. And what yeah. okay. That's going to have more of an emphasis on sociology, psychology, um, any of those social sciences, political science. Okay. And would that be for, you know, maybe somebody going into... um, Because I don't don't know what the requirements are if you you want to be a... um, Oh gosh, uh, a social worker. You know, do yeah. you need to go? Is this kind of a start for that? That or? would be a good start uh, for okay. somebody who wanted to do that. It's also a good foundation in how human beings work together, how they think, um, how groups get together, families, organizations, um, communities. So, if you want to understand people, that's a great degree, and and having a foundation in in people is can be used very broadly. Okay, so help me out here, because when I think about a college like this, I'm thinking, well, what are what are the job outcomes of this? You're you're saying, hold on a second, Joel. There's still some value to a liberal arts education or interdisciplinary studies or talk to me about that. So being educated allows you the flexibility. It teaches you how to learn. And once you know how to learn, then you can move on to just about anything after that. So I think we've gotten anxious in our country. Like, if I'm going to invest money, then I want A. I want this result. And with the liberal arts, you can get A, but you can get B and C and D. I think what's difficult for people to understand is if I go into a nursing program, I'm going to become a nurse. If I go into an engineering program, I'm going to be an engineer. But if I go into an English program, I'm not going to be an Englisher. I mean, there's nothing that's (laughs) like labeled for that. But with an English degree, I can be working for journalism. I can be working for any kind of print, but I can be working for business I mean, think about all the writing that is done, all the communication that needs to be made in any kind of a business. We have, I've seen graduates with English degrees who've gone on to work for NASA. Mm. And I've seen some that have gone on to law school. So lots of flexibility. Yeah. But you understand that to the to the taxpaying public, they're thinking this all has to be about creating that workforce right. of of the 21st century, and so and so we have these four year schools to do this other stuff, this these humanities. We want our our quote community college or regional college to be all about you know the bread and butter the the workforce development uh am i just totally washed up on this no i would say that we can do both of it like both pieces of it from you know the direct workforce development if you want to become a truck driver this is the training that you need and the license that you need to gain 
But if you aren't sure what you want to do or you don't have an interest in, in something that's that specific, then you can get a broader degree and you can then apply it into most in, into a multitude of situations. So your degree may get you a job, but your, your ability to learn and think and communicate that's what gets keeps the job, and that's also what gets you promoted. And that's the kind of thing that you will learn in any kind of a social science or liberal arts kind of a degree. Aldo, when you talk to employers, are are they open to that kind of? Hey, I need I need the broad thinker. I need somebody who could think on their feet if they're controlling a CDC machine. I'll tell you, Joel. About a year ago, we had representatives from a, a mental health organization in town come to us and say, we've got a shortage of mental health techs. This social science degree that Linda's talking about plays right into that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a huge need across the, the county, the state. So There's, um, there's it's, a it's, high it's need really of, of direct studies. care. It's, there's it's, no doubt about it. Yeah. A, it will lead to some quick employment. So. If you look, there's, there was recently a survey done, I think a couple years ago, maybe by Pew, uh, that talked to employers about what kinds of skills they were looking for in their employees. And it came down to things like their ability to write, their ability to communicate, their ability to work in groups, their ability to understand diversity and work with different types of people, uh, their ability to understand data and, and manage that. Those are all skills that you get with liberal arts degrees, with social science degrees, with an associate's degree. Any associate's degree is going to give you that foundation. You can then expand on that into a, ma- into a bachelor's degree or on into a master's degree, but it will give you that foundation. And Do- that's what employers are looking for. The skills, a lot of times they'll say, we can teach those skills mm-hmm. specifically that fit our, our organization, but we need people that know how to think and learn. Do you think uh, you you mentioned uh, mental health? I'm thinking about uh, life sciences and things like that. Um, right now, um, you, you haven't gone there yet. Is that is that something that you're looking to to do at some point? Maybe with a if you get a building to do nursing, to do LPN, to do. Uh, Yes. Uh, direct care, personal care? Yes, that is something that is on, in the plans for the future. Okay, okay. Yeah. We have an application in front of the state right now to do nurse aid training. There's a huge need for nurse aid. So as soon as we can get that through the state approval process, we'll be in that business across nine counties. All right, so explain explain that whole thing there because I'm not sure, uh, again, if, if uh, Michael Victor wants to start a, a, a program at Mercyhurst, he doesn't worry about that. Is that, is that something that's particular to you guys of Actually, what programs you're allowed to do? He would be worried about that. Okay, um, well, okay, yeah, I'm, so I'm any, initiated now. Yeah, so anytime that you're running a program that requires any kind of licensure certification Um, there are things you have to go through either through the state or through professional organizations to become accredited in those specific areas and is is that that whole certificate a need thing too where do we do is it does the state limit how many people are teaching uh, you know, uh, private aid or not so much that just more of the licensure yeah just making sure that people have the 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 education that they need and and the skills that they need to 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 do the work uh, again we're talking to our friends from the northern pennsylvania regional college uh I, i'm just going to read it as best as i can after kathy Dahlkemper just raised and uh a, a, 
raised the property taxes, 0.25 mils. How are these employees going to be paid? Are they state employees, government employees, county employees? Does that mean more pensions, higher taxes? So what's the, what's the employee structure at the NPRC? <laughs> so the NPRC is funded 70% through the state and 30% through tuition. Um, unlike the community college, the traditional community college model, which requires a 30% local match, uh, the regional college does not require that. Okay, so uh, oh, right, yeah. The the uh, this is what this is what drew Erie County to this mm-hmm. is the idea that hey, we could maybe have our cake and eat it too. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and the idea of the regional college. Uh, I I think um, I think people want to know where where does it go from here. You, you're you're basically every. Sounds like every semester, every couple semesters, there's a plan to add a program or two. Mm-hmm. Talk about where do you see the, the future of the NPRC? Um, well, as I said before, we're going to be adding social sciences this spring. We're going to be looking at an applied technology degree, um, an academic degree that will dovetail with our workforce development. Um, I think Aldo can speak to workforce development and I think he already spoke to the nursing application that's out there, and so so there, we're going to start with nursing as far as for health for for the health part of things, and 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 you also have the what the social what was it the mental health thing? Uh, the social, the social science. So that degree. is for the social yeah. science yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we're really focused on what business and industry need. So um, how do you assess that? How do you get that input? Talking with employers. Okay. Um, we've got uh, a partnership with the Erie Regional Manufacturing Partnership right now. We're doing a class for them, 100 hours of manufacturing training. Um, the partnership has six students enrolled. They're going to be finishing up this week. I think I know about this. Uh, Mike called this the Work the... Advanced Program. Jim Jim was part of that. Well, and, and is, this, uh, is this kind of the same as the um, – uh, the what, oh, my gosh, the uh, – the not the pre uh what what is it apprenticeship it's yeah. not the pre-apprenticeship or apprenticeship this is a whole different right uh, kind of work uh, workforce this is like, uh, uh, hired first and trained second so they got hired first uh, they got some soft skills training they're getting 100 hours of um, technical training um, they're already working for the employers one day a week and when they complete they'll step right into the workforce so it's uh, a new approach to getting people into to an industry sector so that's one of the things we're doing. We're also doing some things in wastewater treatment. There's a huge need oh, out there wow. from those authorities. Uh, we're doing some emergency medical, um, public health um, training. Um, the so CDL, like you, you, you're doing the EMS training? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're approved to do that by the state now. So we're doing a class starting in Warren this week. Yeah. Th- th- there, here's, the, here's the dilemma that we're facing on a macro scale beyond all of us is that we have these baby boomers that want to retire and we need these young people to ha- that have these skill sets to come and replace them. And, um, and, and the state has made a major pivot away from four-year college degrees to this kind of trade mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. and with the, with the five pathways and so on. We, you guys feel like you fit like a glove into that uh, into that uh, model there. We're uh, we're clearly lined up with career pathways, be it the Erie County or someplace else. So we certainly play a large role in that. One of the other things that we're dealing with here in Erie County is just sheer poverty, mm-hmm. and 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 having uh, gateways out of poverty. Education being the primary one. Wh- where, how accessible for East Side, West Side, uh, and rural poor is the MPRC? 
So that's something that we took into consideration when the program was developed, when the model was created. So a lot of families in poverty, they don't have access to broadband internet, which is something that you need to access online courses. A lot of video goes through courses. Um, so the way that we operate is through video conferencing, almost like telemedicine, where you can have an instructor in a location with students, potentially in that classroom or maybe not, and then students from other areas around our footprint. So we might have five students in Erie County with an instructor, and then we have three students in Kane and a student in Cattersport, and all of those students interact in a live classroom setting with the instructor. Um, and pretty much all the, all the lectures are live? They're all live, and it's all interactive. And that was one of the things that we with, that we felt was important. Not everybody is well-suited either, I mean, either, either through their ability to access the resources, but not everybody's well-suited temperamentally to take online classes. Yeah. And so we felt that it was very important that our students had a face-to-face experience. Um, the other thing that we have with that video conferencing is that we have the capacity to videotape and archive every class experience. So many of our students are adults, they have adult lives, a kid gets sick, they can't get to class. They can request a copy of the tape and they can actually observe the class as it was happening even though they weren't able to be there. That's also really helped for for our students with disabilities. Um, They can participate in the class, they can ask for the tape, and we can automatically send it to them after every class, and that way they can learn at their own pace. They hear something, they don't get it, they can rewind, they can listen to it again. Um, so it's really, a uh, you've got the benefit of the face-to-face, sure. but then you also have the ability to go back and review everything. So so obviously if it is live, then there's, there's a definite uh, school day in, in mm-hmm. the whole, because one of the understandings that I have uh, from this conversation, from this debate, is that, um, that some students absolutely need the structure of going to the place. Yes. And and, uh, and and actually sitting in the chair and right. pulling the book out and so on. Well, and that's why, uh, again, it's been um, uh, mislabeled oftentimes in some media and some people are saying it's an online school. It's not. Uh, it uses technology to teach. Um, people are very familiar with, you know, using on, on your phone uh, FaceTime or some of those, whatever your, your method to do the two-way communication on the phone. So people are accustomed to that right now and very comfortable. So we're finding that our students and our faculty, frankly, are very comfortable with the use of the technology here because it's not brand new. They, they do it in their personal lives every day. So now using that to teach is something that's innovative but also comfortable for our students and faculty. Talk a little bit about uh, accreditation and transfer of, of credits and st- stuff like that. I know it takes a while to get that middle state. So, uh, right. uh, Linda, can you uh, get us up to date on where that's all at? Right. So we are currently seeking uh, regional accreditation. Um, that's a process that will take ultimately about two years, a year or two. Um, Don't you have to be kind of 
uh, kind of fully, not fully orb, but don't you have to have be down the road a bit? Um, oh yeah, and we're getting there. We're, okay. we're yeah. pretty well together. We're still building pieces, mm-hmm. um, but we are moving steadily toward being fully accredited. Are there other models that that middle that the middle states committees could say, hey, yeah. this looks just as good as as this one? Or this is actually a really unique model. Is, there isn't is. there isn't another institution like this in the United States. So we're that's breaking saying new, something. Yeah, we're breaking new ground, and you know, there's been articles in the in the what is it, the Washington this is Washington, Washington Monthly. Because you know how prickly yeah. you know academia can be, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, <laughs> and but it's important to note too that we're we're licensed by Pennsylvania by the state, so we yeah. receive right. our license and can confer the associate degree. So we have every right uh, to offer that two year degree that students could then take to apply to if they choose to go on to a four year degree. So jumping over to Edinburgh, jumping up Correct. up to Gannon, it, it'll right. all work, Absolutely. right? Right. All right. So we're, we're down to like our last minute and a half. I want to make sure we cover everything. Um, I mean, Harrisburg is standing strong behind the NPRC, right? I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I mean, so it, this it is a long time for them to put that forward. And it's yeah. the first community college that, or not community college, but the first higher education program that's come into Pennsylvania in decades. So it's something for them to be proud of. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we're, we're getting a lot of community support too, because I think people see that this is something that's needed and it's something that's here right now. One of our challenges, frankly, is there are many people who don't know that we're here mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. So that's one of the things that you'll be seeing here in the coming weeks and months is more information and, and you know traditional advertising, letting people know that hey, this is here and here's how to access us. So hopefully, we'll leave the telephone number and all that and yeah. share that mm-hmm. with your listeners. Uh, yeah, let, let's yeah. let's. Uh, the, well, the best way is to go to, uh, the, what is it, regional? It's regionalcollegepa.org. Yeah. It's so regionalcollegepa.org. And, and and I think what's key is to get hooked up with one of these uh, uh, success people. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Yeah. <laughs> we can go with that, but student, a student success specialist. Yeah. Um, we had uh, one of uh, one of the folks here with us. Well, they're, they're wonderful Marianne. because they yeah. really they walk the students through from, from start to finish. Uh, they don't just go recruit them and then move on to the next. They're there with them walking hand in hand. And, and as I said before, it's really meeting the students where they are, which is very important. Pretty optimistic about the, the future? I mean, you guys have been in the business a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually very optimistic. You know, you mentioned Harrisburg, and, and I would say this is one of those areas where we've had nonpartisan support. Bipartisan it, it, support, I should it's, say. Yeah, it, indeed. Thank you so much, uh, Rick Smith, Linda Fleming, and Aldo Jackson from the MPRC. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>